Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy. Joined on the phone, I have Vance. Good evening. How you doing? How you doing? I'm doing fine. And we have Kevin from Grim Reaper Lures. Hello, Kevin. Hey, guys. How are you tonight? Oh, we're doing fantastic. And again, we have Todd fishing late. So we're just, you know, we got to do what we got to do. So let's just get through these plugs and we're going to start talking to Kevin. So this podcast is brought to you by Fatty Z Muskie Products, fattyzmuskie.com. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, much lesser extent on Twitter, but we're there. Um, let's see. Muskie Tackle Online, they have a bunch of baits. They should have a bunch of baits. Team Rhino Outdoors, I don't know their inventory, but I shipped them a boatload of stuff. You guys heard me talk about it for weeks. Check those places out for baits because I really don't have many. I have some, but not many. But what I do have a lot of is rod holders. So if you're looking to set up a boat, uh, feel free, contact me. I can uh, run through some options, you know, a lot of options that we have for muskie fishing. Uh, I, I don't want to say we cover everything. I will recommend other products that are not AZ, but the only way you're going to get that opinion is if you reach out and ask me those questions. Uh, the website is up to date with the rod holders, so you can order straight from there. You can contact me, anything like that. Um, I think it's really cool uh, hopping on Facebook and you just see a whole bunch of slanted and straight rod holders all over photos. Vance, I don't know if you take stock in that. Do you pick up on that? Yeah, absolutely. I always pay attention to see what people are running, you know? Right. Um, something that, that I find neat is, you know, I, he, I I still think he's a big name, but I think his name isn't as big as it used to be like 10 years ago. But if anybody sees Pete Mana's boat... He's, it's been pretty uh, obvious on Facebook the last couple of days. He has a couple slanted rod holders. Our slanted base is, you know, even in the garage. So that's kind of neat to see that. A um, whole bunch of other people's. But I'm not going to go too deep into this. Uh, Muddy Creek, how are you doing? Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, MC Fish N, as in nancyguides.com. Uh, give us a call. We have. Probably about five days we can do in September and probably about like 20 days in October we could do uh, between Todd and myself. Uh, so if you want to get out, get on the books, um, give us a holler. Uh, I had a cancellation on August 2nd. If anybody wants to hop on that uh, before somebody else does, come on out. We'll get you on some fish. Fishing's been great. Um, I'm a little sore from fighting weeds all the time, but... uh Fishing's been good. I fished till nine uh, till tonight, uh, and they were hitting good all day. So, give us a call if you want to get on the books. Perfect. And on those charters, you are going to be using some Saint Croix rods, best rods on earth. Uh, big shout out Saint Croix for sponsoring the uh, the podcast and Muddy Creek Fishing Guides. And what boat will you be fishing out of, Vance? be uh, fishing out of a ranger boat. Shout out to them for sponsoring this show and Muddy Creek Fishing Guide. Um, and you can get your ranger boat at Dick Sports Center in Kent, Ohio. Uh, check them out for all your boating needs. they got a used inventory. They sell Starcraft, Star Welt, and the ranger boats. We fish out of the Angler Series. Uh, we love them. They're perfect for musky fishing. 
um, great cockpit space. Um, it's good for if you do a little bit of both the trolling and casting. We love them. My new one's coming in uh, in the fall here, and uh, can't wait. Perfect. And uh, let's see. We have Muskie's Inc. I was thinking about the tournaments and stuff. We have the Beast Beast of the East tournament coming up in October. Check it out, the Nittany Valley Muskie Alliance chapter of Muskie's Inc. You can find that there, fly fishing tournament only. We will be covering more of this here in the coming months. But Muskie's Inc., you know, we've covered, you know, through the last, I don't know, three months, four months, we've been talking a lot about these local chapter tournaments. Just about every chapter, as far as I'm aware of, has little local tournaments, little cool things that you can go and, you know, be a part of, learn something, win a little cash. It's fun, um, you know, and it, Muskie's Inc., it's a good cause. So, you know, it's it's like a win all the way around. And, you know, like in Pennsylvania, we've talked about this many times. Muskie Inc. has helped out our local uh, Fish and Boat Commission, especially in the Muskie Stocking Program, uh, with the uh, donation of Fathead Minnows and, you know, a whole host of other things. I'm not going to go too terribly deep into this one because you guys have heard it a lot. But Muskie's Inc. is a great organization, and uh, join your local chapter. All right, Kevin, tell us, hit your plugs for Grim Reaper Lures. Thanks, Andy. Yeah, this is uh, Kevin Amy with Grim Reaper Lures. Here, um, we're outside of uh, Philadelphia, PA. Um, bought the business about two years ago. We've got a new e-commerce website coming out. Um, probably within the next three or four weeks, we, we'll be wrapping it up. Um, when you've got uh, 13 models of spinnerbaits and 42 different color combinations, it's 500 and some lures to photograph. It's a lot of work. Um, and then we've got, you know, besides our spinnerbaits that go from half ounce to two ounce, and, and there's half, one ounce, one and a half, and two ounce. We we also have our hand-tied bucktails with real um, deer hair, none of this uh, tinsels. It's all bucktail hair. Um, and... A lot of photography we have hats and shirts and stuff like that on and we're coming out with a truck sticker and uh, we sell rebuild kits for a spinnerbait uh, if you have grim reapers been out since 1984 so if you've got some old grim reapers and you want to you know you want to buy a rebuild kit for a perch it'll have you know a grub a, two skirts and a trailer hook to rebuild it um very cool we've got yeah that's that's one of our new products we also sell packs of trailer hooks um, so if you've got trailer hooks that are dull or lost, you can put new trailer hooks on. So we also sell all that. And that will all be on our e-commerce site, and it's not up and running yet. Our current site is an antique. And <laughs> you see it, you know what I mean. <laughs> but um, right now you can buy, you know, we, you can call me up and order them direct. Or uh, Riley and Helen's have been selling them. Crashes Landings has them. Border Sporting Goods, Natural Sports in Canada. That's only a few of our places that have them. Um, we've got um, a bunch of guys out on Lake St. Clair running our trolling bucktail. It's a 950. Um, they're running them up on the Ottawa River, um, trolling them, and uh, doing really well with them. I just put, uh, one of the guides out on Lake St. Clair just ordered like 12 of them. Um, they run them so long they actually physically wear the loop or the hole on the blade completely wobble out. <laughs> <laughs> they hmm. run them so much. Yeah, I've never heard anybody doing that, but they lack, they literally wear the blade out. So Interesting. Um, that, we, that's why they're selling rebuild kits. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, I need to put uh need to put uh blades in there too. So Yeah. But but yeah, we've been uh, we've been doing really well. We've been tearing it up with the, the bucktails. Seems like there's a big big interest in the in the bucktail with the real hair. Uh, mm-hmm. I know bucktail is getting to be a kind of a generic name and uh and it's not a deer tail, it's not a bucktail, it's different things ever from flashaboo or whatever. But um we don't do those, we do a real bucktail hair. Um, and you can order them custom. We'll make them whatever you want, whatever blade you want, tied, you know, whatever way you want. Um, they come in a button bucktail. Oh. Say again? <laughs> a button bucktail. So, so, so we, that's all I'm interested in. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll give you a little backstory not, here. Uh, Vance started hunting uh, probably, what, four years ago? Three. Oh, okay. Three seasons. And how many deer you have you shot? How many deer have you shot, Vance? Like nine? I've shot a lot of deer. He, he shot like nine deer, okay? And they're all kind of like with me. And I think he is, I'm double bit. Yeah. So around 10. And he has yet to shoot a female gender deer. Um, every every time he had to put his doe tag on a deer, it was a button buck. And oh. So it's, it's, a, it's the running joke with Vance is everything is like a button buck. So... Oh, I get it now. All right. That's kind of, that's, that's some hunter. incredible odds to have shot 10 <laughs> deer and they were all buck of some sort. Yeah, a, a young male deer. And uh, the incredible odds is Makes really just uh, just an eagle eye for the antlers, I guess. I guess. <laughs> I have, I can't differentiate for shit, so. <laughs> Not good. Not good. Not good out there. Huh. Wow. So you only started hunting three years ago? Yeah, because of us. Three or three or, three or four years ago or something. I don't know. Oh, I was that's... just always into fishing, and Andy took me out one day, and I, I shot yeah. a big buck the, uh, the first time. So. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I've, I've gotten a few a few buck and a few doe growing up, and but I got married, and my wife just doesn't like venison. And I have freezer full of venison and she wouldn't cook it <laughs> okay so, so then that ended the hunting it did i mean i give it away but it, it i don't know it just kind of lost the flavor of it you know you can't throw it back it's not like uh a it, it, yeah there's no look at it to take a picture and throw it back it kind of got a hole in it so. yeah <laughs> it, there is no catch and release in hunting no no there's not so but, um, i wish there was Oh, well, then I'd, probably, I'd be able to release those uh, button boxes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, it's called a trail cam. That's the only that's the only uh, catch and release in deer hunting is a trail cam. Yeah, truth and true. <laughs> All right, but, so so Kevin, let's let's jump way back. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the time machine right now. Okay. And what what? When did you start fishing? How did you start fishing? Let's start from like the very beginning because let's figure out who Kevin from Green Reaper Lures is. And we're just going to go All up right. the timeline. All right. Well, I grew up on this cool property that had a, two ponds on it. And as a kid, I fished a couple hours every day, every summer in those ponds. Mm-hmm. I mean, I practically caught every fish in the pond and threw it back um, multiple times 
and you know got to the point where you go fishing and the fish knew the jig was up after 45 minutes and you'd have to leave for a while because they just wouldn't bite because they knew <laughs> but no i grew up fishing i mean just as a kid i was outside there was no this you know playstation stuff and and I, you know I, I was kid I, I don't know what my mom i mean did my mom know where i was in the summertime because i would leave like you know 9 30 in the morning and show back up at like three o'clock and i was out in the woods and fishing and just <clears throat> doing all this stuff but anyway i grew up fishing and i grew up going up to different lakes in pa wall and paul pack promised land fishing there and the big thing was going up to thousand islands and i grew up going up there at least once or twice a year um, about how far was that you know drive-wise from where you uh, from me to thousand islands about six and a half you can make it less you can eh, if you stop a lot at seven um but yeah we we i made it under six but you know six and a half hours is a good good commute you get up there you can stop a couple times on the way up and so, did, I mean, was there a place for you to stay or was it just like hotels well actually no um you met keith out at the Columbus show yes. that we did, mm-hmm. um, my buddy Keith, his grandparents used to own one of the original cottages on Lake of the Isles, which is well-known up there. It's inside Wellesley Island. There's a lake formed by a U-shaped island and a, and a Canadian island that kind of closes it off. So the water flows into a lake in the Isles. So it's called Lake of the Isles. And his grandparents in the 40s and 50s and 60s had Cook's camps on Lake of the Isles. And then when they sold it, his parents bought a place right next door. So I grew up going to there because his, his dad and my dad went to college together. And he's like a brother that, you know, I never had. I have a sister and he's my brother. And we grew up together. So, okay. you know, I grew up going up there. And, you know, I was always envious because he'd spend his whole summer up on Lake of the Isles. But I'd go up for a week here or there as I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that's that's my story of how I got in there. And then, who, 20, 20 years ago, my dad's brother, who I'm, you know, used to fish with and got to know pretty well, says, hey, we bought a place up at the islands. We're like, well, where'd you buy it? <laughs> Coincidentally, he buys it like a half a mile down or probably closer to a mile down the shoreline from where I've been going my whole life. And now I go there for a week in August, coming up in about three weeks. I'll be there for a week. And July 4th, I'm usually over at Keith's, Keith's family place. So, so yeah, that's that's where I grew up, going up there fishing, fishing in PA, lakes and ponds and, and that kind of thing. And primarily when you, when you were, you know, growing up fishing and stuff, what, like what were you just fishing for whatever bites? Um, usually largemouth. I did a lot of largemouth you know, surface and, and targeting largemouth, trying to learn how to catch the bigger fish in the pond and in the lake and, and, and that kind of thing. Up a thousand islands, I mean, you can throw a little lure and catch fish all day long, or you can just move your way up the chain and start catching the bigger stuff. And that's, that's what I did as I grew up. I just started catching, guys were catching more fish. I was catching less fish, but I was usually catching substantial fish. So. Okay. And then like, uh, did you have any run-ins with muskies early on? Um, early on, I caught a few. As a young kid, I didn't even know what they were. They were just a funny-colored northern. I'm like, this is a pike? 
I didn't know. I mean, really growing up, I didn't know because, you know, my dad, who I fished with, he didn't target them, didn't know anything about muskies. Um, but, you know, I, I've, I've, over the years when I was really young, caught northern that were muskies, um, you know, in so, alongside the northerns that I was catching. Yeah, because that's interesting to me because I know growing up early on, like when I'd look at the covers of my dad's fur fish game magazines and there would be like a muskie with like some daredevil spoon or something in it, you know, some artist rendition. That was yeah. just like something I'd sit there and like dream about. Like that was like the fish. And to hear like you just like, eh, incidentally, yeah, mislabeled some of these things. It, yeah. <laughs> and it's, you, it, it's kind of neat that you were going up to the St. Lawrence where people, I mean, would, sell a kidney to go on a, a trip up there or be able to fish up there. And you were fishing up there the whole time yep. um, in like a musky paradise. But apparently I hear it more and more that people just go up there for bass and stuff. Well, the other it, day I heard somebody goes up for bullhead catfish. They used to do that and come home with like thousands of them, yep. which is disgusting in its own respect. But um, yeah. so it's just, it, it, it's just like a fish heaven up there. It is the fish. The fishery has changed um, in the years I've been going up there my whole life. The fishery has changed. I remember when the zebra mussels came in, and the water clarity. It was always good, but it got clearer. Um, you could see farther down to the bottom. So the zebra mussels started it, and then the gobies got dropped off. You know, some they say some tanker ship from because they come down the, C, the St. Lawrence Seaway into the Great Lakes coming right through there and supposedly some ship over in Asia sucked up these gobies and dropped them off in their ballast tanks, dropped them over here on the St. Lawrence. And now we got gobies everywhere. They say carpets. Divers that go down say they carpet the bottom, basically. Was that a recent thing, like in the last five years, ten years? or uh, ten, ten or better was the gobies. Okay. Um, yeah, the gobies came on pretty heavy. Before that was the zebra mussels, and actually the zebra mussels have been been eliminated by the Kwanzai mussel, which is just a different version. It's a little more aggressive. I don't know, but they say most of the mussels down there now are Kwanzai, and you know it's it's funny because at first the fish didn't see them as a food source. The the mussels, so, yeah, the mussels. Okay. So until the rock bass figured out to eat them. They weren't a food source, and eventually they did. So the rock bass population exploded, which was good for muskies and pike and northern. Um, but then eventually what happened, you know, then the gobies came in. Well, the, the, the fish didn't see them as a food source because they weren't something they were used to eating. Well, eventually the smallmouth started to eat them. Mm-hmm. Well, the smallmouth right now, I think I saw an, an article that, it's one of the top bass fisheries, the St. Lawrence River, and they're they're mainly talking about smallmouth. I mean, when they when they have bass tournaments up there, it's one of the few tournaments that are won by smallmouth, not largemouth bass. And the once the smallmouth started eating the gobies and seeing them as a food source, the the population of monster smallmouth is just it's amazing. You know, to catch a 22-inch, 23-inch smallmouth, it's, that's a fish. Um, yeah, the uh, the interesting thing is, is the reason I asked about those gobies is because, gosh, it might have been 2006, 2007, when, like, 
in my recent history, like the first walleye boom that I mm-hmm. was old enough to actually go out and partake in on Erie and, you know, just sometimes aimlessly drifting out there and you'd catch this weird creature and didn't really know what it was, but it was a goby. And, uh-huh. you know, because I'm sitting here thinking like, well, yeah, those ships, that's exactly the what I heard was these ships coming up to St. Lawrence, you know, delivering whatever. And, you know, the ballast tank, the whole thing. And, you know, Erie has them. I'm sure all the Great Lakes have them. Oh, but yep. yeah. it's now like you don't really hear about them much. But like what you were saying, these smallmouth, once those fish figured out they were food, it was game on. And now Erie's growing these, you know, bigger Lakers, these bigger uh, brown trouts, these smallmouths. And I don't want to say it's it's like a good thing for the ecosystem because these invasives are not. But, man, is it doing something to them? <laughs> it's making some big fish. Yeah. And yeah, it is. And it's, I, I think up at the St. Lawrence, what I've noticed is it's, it has really kind of changed the fishing. And the biggest change now with the next invasive species was the comorants. Are you familiar with those? Uh, no. Oh, Tell me bird? about this. A comorant. Yeah, it's a bird. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I pronounce it different. Of, we call yeah we call them coumarins. Coum- okay, coumarins. Yeah, but they're those, those are minnow eating machines. That's what in they the are. dive. Yeah, they're in the diver family with balloons. Sometimes people confuse the two, but yeah, they they wreak havoc on uh, on populations. Oh and God. I think at one point you could shoot them, but then then you couldn't, and they kind of like took over, and people were pretty upset about uh, all the yep. little fish that are getting eaten. Yeah, they are, and and what is what has caused that to be a windfall and really kind of devastate the fishery up there is that because of the the mussels, the zebra mussels, the bonsai mussels, the water is so clear. You know these these birds can fish deeper and more efficiently because the water is so clear. So mm-hmm. it's you know murky, muddy water in the Delaware and Chesapeake. They struggle to, to fish because they, they fish by by sight. Up there where the water's so clear, they're just... So a lot of the islands around the shorelines where the rocks are, you know, you used to go up there with a small spinner and an ultralight just for fun and start catching rock bass off the, off the rocks. Well, you do it now, and a lot of times you don't catch anything. That's because those comrades have cleared, you know, the top so many feet of the water column. You have to go deeper get out of their range of fishing to find fish because they fish the top of the water column, those comrades. Mm-hmm. And, and they're, they're taking islands up there and just overtaking them. And then they, they land on the trees and they're killing trees and yeah. Islands that you used to, have, you know, to be an Island, it has to have a, two forms of vegetation, a tree usually in a bush. Well, the, <laughs> now we have shoals because they've killed the trees off. And then like the roots die and then it erodes away to nothing. Yeah, and then it's just a rock shoal above water, and yeah, and that's there's people upset about. It. There's somebody in the one bay. I saw that they're they're trying to sell their island, and the comrades on the one end have taken over, and they just by habit are now just flocking to this tree to to roost, and they're they're killing the tree in the end of an island, and they can't sell it because people aren't going to buy it. Because it's going to be. I know those, those those muskies like those rock shoals. Yes. <laughs> I know that. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. 
Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of different techniques up there that you don't get, you know, in Chautauqua and different, you know, Marsh Creek around here where where they've got good muskies. There's some really different techniques to catch them up there. Hmm. So. I mean, that's uh So let's um uh, <clears throat> speaking of baits, I want to I want to kind of dive deep into how uh you got into making the baits and um, it sounds like you started bass fishing and now you're musky fishing. Speaking of baits, the show is brought to you by Baker Baits. Check them out. Uh, proven fish catchers, we use them all the time. Shout out to Zach Baker. Um, but first bait you ever made? First bait I ever made? Hmm, probably a, well, yeah, it was a spinner. Inline spinner. We started making spinners when I was younger. I'd make different baits like that. Um, I'd modify different parts and pieces of baits that I'd come up with and, and make different spinner baits or different uh, inline spinners. Um, I modified a lot, a lot of baits growing up. Yep. Uh, the first one, boy, I couldn't, I don't, man, that was a long time ago. How about, how about the first uh, one that got you uh, sparked the idea to get into kind of a mass production or make the company. Well, here's here's what happened. Years ago, I bought a a, a spinnerbait, um, and I won't say the model, but it was discontinued. It was a well-known bass fisherman spinnerbait, and it was a big bass spinnerbait. It was called, and it had like a seven seven size willow, and I bought I had two of them. And I started using them up on the St. Lawrence, and, man, I was catching northerns and mufties and, you know, and I would catch, you know, larger bass on it, like the lure said. It was a big bass lure, and it was just a big spinnerbait, well made. Mm -hmm. And it was one of the few spinnerbaits I ever saw that actually had a ball-bearing swivel on it. So I started using these baits, and, you know, I rebuilt them and fixed them, and at a point where I was trying to find more of them, I couldn't find any. And I was in one of the local big box sporting goods stores, and there on an end cap, you know, I'm asking, I actually asked a few places about those lures, and they said that ah, they've been discontinued. So I was at this big box store, and on an end cap, here's Grim Reaper lures. I'm like, that's what I'm looking for right there. So I started buying them. You know, I bought some there, and then I started buying them direct from Doug. This is like 18 years ago. Um, started buying, you know, Doug Grisso started making them in 1984. They've been in Raleigh and Helens since like 1986. Um, and I, I started buying them from Doug and gotten talking to him and getting to know him. And so what are you, you know, what are you going to be doing? You know, you're getting up there. What, you know, we want to continue these baits and just got a rapport going with him and Bonnie and, uh, got talking to them about it. And eventually, you know, I ended up buying it almost about two years ago. And we started making them and, and, and doing that. And, you know, you go into, you go into these big box stores and they're, how can I say it? They're cheapening up the lure lines and they're basically trying to bring in their own lines made in China and not, you know, not have a, a product like a name brand that they got to sell. They want to sell their own line of baits. So they're doing that, and they're bringing them in. Well, you look at these spinner baits, and they got crane swivels on them, and they're very cheap. You know, our, ours the the arm we have it is full of beads, and what it does is it keeps that front blade in place. So on the fall, 
it's spinning. And as soon as you start to retrieve the, the spinner bait, that front blade's spinning because it's it's right in place. It keeps everything in place. And, you know, we're using a heavier wire than any of the imports. For, and there, and it's a tied, it's called a tied or a twisted. It's not an R-bend spinner bait, so you can use a, a, you know, a leader with it, whatever kind of leader you use, your poison, a steel leader, a monofilament, or, you know, or fluorocarbon leader so anyway that's that's how i found grim reaper lures about 18 years ago i i, I stumbled upon them at best at a, at a at a store and i ended up buying <laughs> buying a couple and um almost after, slipped there yeah almost slipped and no one will um, know. yeah right no. and you know he was doug was in there one year doug was in in that store for one year and i happened to stumble on it and bought it and I would say by the time I bought the company, I had 40 to 50 spinner baits from him. Um, and, you know, now I have you know, a couple hundred thousand. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, no, that's, that's, that's how it happened. And, and got to know Doug and Bonnie and, you know, it was, it was great. And, you know, Doug, Doug was a great guy and got to know him. I mean, he knows Tony and Greg Thomas and, you know, he knows all those guys and, and, I got pictures of them all together and came along with the business. And Doug was going to basically for first two years was supposed to be the Midwest guy and, you know, and help sell and get the, get some more stores and stuff. And that was part of the arrangement. But sadly to say he, he passed away, you know, almost maybe two or three months after purchasing the business. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's sad. He was a great guy. I mean, we're, we talk to Bonnie, his his widow, all the time. She's still out there in, in Moorhead, Kentucky, um, and uh, we love her. And we just we talk to her. Her and my wife are good friends now, and they were chatting the other day, yesterday. Um, so, but yeah, and she's she's tickled to death that we're we're continuing with Grim Reaper lures, and and we want to we want to, and and you know you look at that lure, and it's it's ninety nine point nine percent American made. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have researched every part of what we make and what we purchase. It's it's all it's an American made product, and it's got a you know the ball bearing swivel is a ticket because it really makes that blade smooth, and it transfers the the way it's mounted. It transfers the vibration down the shaft and and really really makes an attracting lure for the for attracting fish. So but now did, anyway, now I'm gonna I'm gonna dig in a little bit here with uh you know with doug did was that his main like career income or or was this like a side thing for him um i think he intended on it being they they were they started in ohio and this is back in the day man this is way back he started in ohio and this is when cave run lake was gonna be you know big it was gonna be the musky capital of the south and he moved. He, he basically said, we're moving there. So he and Bonnie moved. And, you know, his kids are still, their kids are still in Ohio um, or have moved there or so. But, um, you know, they, they set up and moved down. They're right up from Crash's Landing, across the highway and keep going. And they're up, up you know, five miles from, from Crash's. Um, and, you know, that's, that's where they ended up. And they love it out there. And, you know, they did for years. Um, and I can see why it's, it's just a great place. Yeah. So, so they move out there 
and you know he just starts making all these spinner baits and then you just kind of did you feel you wanted to buy the business out of necessity for your own you know i don't want to say personal reasons or did you like legitimately have an interest in wanting to you know start making baits um both actually um i had i had put a note it's funny because i I found the note, or he, he mentioned that he had the note, but I started buying them probably about 18 years ago, and I guess maybe 12, 14 years ago, in an order that I wrote in, I put a note about, you know, about the business and what, you know, what do you intend on doing with it, blah, blah, blah. And he actually told me that two years ago when we were, when we were talking to them, that he had that note. And, um, and then I'd asked him probably four years ago, um, how are you doing? What's, what's going to happen with Grim Reaper Lures? And so, yeah, it was just, he just appreciated that, that I was interested. Now I've had a, I've had my own business forever. Um, I have a woodworking shop. I've been a cabinet maker my whole life. And, you know, I have a 3000 square foot woodworking shop here with a spray booth and, and everything going on here, but you know, I'm getting older and, and it's, it's physical work and I'm um, was interested in something different. And this, okay. this was, this was a cool. Now your fingers thing. are going to hurt. <laughs> what? Now your fingers are going to hurt. Now your fingers are going to hurt. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's actually, you know, it's funny you, you, it's funny you mentioned that the, we've come up with a series of bending machines that are going to, gonna make the bending of the spinner bait so that my wife can do it um oh so you're just passing it right on huh well we're gonna make it so that we can process them and make them make the bend very consistent and i've got a i've got i don't know if i should patent it or what but i've got a new what i'm calling a keeper bend you're never going to lose the swivel there's no way it's going to fall off and so there's going to be a series of, of Two or three, you know, you'll go in one and it'll have a, it's pneumatic and you hit a foot pedal and it does this and does this. So they're almost done. Um, so we're going to be changing that. It's, it's not going to change the spinner bait except for the way that the wires um, bend and, mm-hmm. and operate. So, but it's going to make it so that we can produce them. Um, That's what I need to explain. Yeah. yeah. Right now it's a, it's a technique. It's a real technique to properly finish a spinner bait so that it's well made and so we want to we want consi- to consistently have a good product, but we want to make so that we can produce them and get back into you know other stores. We're looking to expand. We're, we've got a few um, in Canada, and we're trying to get into more um, more into the into the Muskie and Northern Pike areas. I want to get more out in Wisconsin and Midwest and, and get more stores. Um, so like early on, so right now, day one. The business is in your lap. Yep. Was it? Did, did he like hand over a pair of really rickety needle nose pliers and say, "Here you go," or or was there was there already kind of a production line thing set in place? Because I you know, I'm I'm just I'm curious about that. Um, he had a method, and we got basically recipes, and that was what we were buying, and and it and they're great recipes and they're, they're, they are the crux of our business and the tricks of how we make them. Um, we have those and those are proprietary and 
that that was the big thing that we got the the recipes and and the tricks to how how he makes the baits great so but as far as he wasn't a person that was able to mechanically create and invent something to finish off the baits in a manufacturing method and so he was pretty much hand bending them and finishing them and he did a really good job so yeah we did get <laughs> we did get a, a container of pliers and different split ring you know pliers and different things to to uh, assemble them and learn how to do it mm-hmm. um, so and there's there's no way you're getting away from split ring pliers because you still got to put the blade on <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, that, you know, it, it's kind of, I mean, no one really comes up and talks to us ab- uh-huh. about this. Like, you know, uh, I guess we probably should have gave a little bit more history here. Uh, when we were at the Columbus Fishing Expo, uh, Kevin and, you know, your his family was sharing a booth right next to us. So that's kind of like how we, we, we kicked all this off. And I'm talking to the audience now. And, right. um, you know, we're just, you know, we, we had some time to talk at that show back and forth. You know, no one has come up to any of the shows that we've done and just said, "Wow, you put a lot of split rings on hooks, haven't you?" I mean, th- th- those are details that are just so just they're overlooked because most people just can't see it there. No, and you're right. and it's 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 interesting because you know you can buy the dollar ninety nine pair of split ring pliers or you can buy the twenty dollar pair of split ring pliers. Anyone that has to put on hundreds if not thousands of hooks a year knows that the $20 pair is significantly better. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the ones that come in a, a pack of whatever Berkeley split rings and, you know, generic hooks, those are yeah. not the ones we're not using the stamped out ones. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you you are right on point with that one. Yeah, and it it does it does change it from uh, this is going to suck to where, ah, oh, this wasn't so bad. Right. But, you know, so, I mean, pretty much, you know, I, I know how I assemble baits. So you got whatever, 42 colors and 13 different styles. Are you keeping inventory on this stuff? Do you have just a production line, like you're running all one color? Do you make them to order? Typically, like, how how do you run that? Well, right now, we have a wall, and we're trying to keep, you know, that's 500 and some combinations. And we're keeping at least three or four of each combination on the wall. So if somebody calls and they were placing an order, um, right there, you know, I can take it off the wall and we can ship it. Now the bucktails, we're starting to build up inventory. She's making the standard colors. You're going to see them on our website. It's pretty cool. Um, you know, the black, (laughs) the black with the red tackle feather or the white, you know, we're going to have those when you order a custom one, my daughter hand ties them. She'll hand tie it to, to whatever you want, but we're eventually going to have standard ones that, um, that are available and our, our website will have them. You know, you want to, you want a bluegrass beast in a walleye color. We'll have it on the wall. Eventually we're trying to get there yet. We're not there, but when a, you know, when a Raleigh and Helen calls up and order 16, of this spinner bait, sixteen of that spinner bait. I mean, we're 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 making them because we just don't have that many in stock. We have everything to build them in stock, but we just don't have that many built. So, a lot of our wholesale accounts we're we're, we're making them to ship. So, so it's know, just the three of making them. Say again. 
it's the three of you making them. Is that is that what I'm hearing? That it's your daughter, your wife, and yourself. Oh no, and I have um, I have another guy that works for me that he he's great at, at building them and and beating them and assembling them. Um, so I have an employee, and then, so that's four. And we've got two other people that we're looking to branch out and and assemble them. So we've got a handicapped individual that's interested in doing it in their home. Um, and I've actually contacted a local, um, uh, they, they have like 700 employees and basically they, they have some, you know, down syndrome and some, some handicap, just they're, they're in a wheelchair and they, they're looking for products. They, they ship and assemble products for major corporations, Kiwi, all these different, you know, shoe polishes and, I mean, you should see them all, but they've come to me and said, we would love to assemble your baits. And so, you know, if I get to that level, I've got that outlet. But for now, we're assembling them, yes. Okay. So when you get those, like, wholesale orders, uh-huh. I mean, I, I know what I used to do. And when I say used to do it, it's still what I want to do. Um, I want to have inventory to where when I get a wholesale order, I'm just pulling it all off the shelf and, you know, packaging it up and shipping it. But the last couple of years, that hasn't been the case, as you may have heard me talk about in the intro, that uh, I'm trying my best, but I don't have anything. Um, you know, those those are the orders that I, I, I like those orders. I feel they're necessary. They, they wipe they, you clean. They wipe me clean, and they kick me back for a couple months, especially when they stack up. Yeah. And, you know, what? what's your thought? I mean, I know that you just said you like to have, like, three of each color. I mean, have you ever thought of, you know, and this is just bait maker talking to bait maker, cutting back the colors or making these standards or just pounding inventory is, you know, how do you face those challenges? Well, as I mean, Doug and Bonnie, a couple things. They were not high tech, so it's not like they gave us, you know, a computer, chip, uh, you know, computer information where we can analyze the orders that we were getting on our wholesale accounts to know which lures were, you know, in colors and models. You know, the double willow is all that Raleigh and Helen purchases then i figured that out after a while but we never <laughs> we were never told that um but what colors do they order what colors do they stock they don't stock all our 42 colors um so we're beginning to build that information um we also have our top 10 and our top 20 colors um and th- those colors are definitely going to be the ones that i'm going to you know punch in and build inventory um but you know the fact was Bonnie and Doug were getting older and they were kind of living off the inventory. The inventory was going down. So I was kind of surprised that when I bought it, there wasn't really as much material to continue. I, I mean, there was some of everything, but there wasn't a whole lot of back stock or whatever. So I, I've invested probably 45 to 50,000 in inventory since I bought the company um, just to have the stuff to build. Now I'd have to almost double that if I'm going to have big enough, you know, to, to, to cover 18 of a certain bait and order, you know, from Raleigh and Helens, I'm going to need to have a lot of inventory 
build up and that you know that's going to happen but we're not just quite there yet yeah is so i you know, I, I, we briefly hit on this, and you know, and even before the show, we kind of we we hit we we talked a little about this. The generic term spinner, and and like bucktail. Mm-hmm. So I, I I'm I'm taking this somewhere. So when you say spinner, you're you're thinking of like a safety pin style spinner bait, like a bass style spinner bait, and the bucktail is an inline spinner. Um. You know, uh, well, what's that? Not all of our bucktails are in lines. We like our 950 for trolling is is built on a wire buck, you know, bucktail. But I actually make it into a spinner bait arm, um, and it has blades like a spinner bait arm, and it's above the bucktail. It's not in line with it in front of it. That's to uh, maybe eliminate it rolling. What's the benefits of that, yeah, yeah. It it, it makes it so you control it well. Um, you know, it's it's being that's our nine fifty, and I can tell you it's being trolled almost every day on Lake St. Clair, <laughs> um, and up on the Ottawa and and on the St. Lawrence, um, different sections of St. Lawrence. I know guys are using it. Um, Natural Sports just ordered a bunch of them. Um, Joe Flo um, has them up up in Quebec. Um, so yeah. Okay, so I I would say. Let's 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 hit some of the, the the more popular models that you have, and let's let's break those down for a little bit. Um, All right, I, I guess bucktails. Sure, let's start there. All right, our bucktails are. We've got one called a six fifty. Um, it's bigger and better and more well made than a popular musky killer spinner bait that's you know everywhere. Um, and if you look at it next to it, you, you wouldn't buy the other one. That's the 650. That's our smaller, smaller. It's on a lighter wire. It, it, you know, if you don't have a if you don't have a rod with a backbone that you can throw a heavy lure, um, that's a good one. It's a 650. Uh, about how long is it? Um, six about six inches, five six inches. Okay. What what typically what what kind of blade do you put on it? That is a Colorado blade on that one. A 650. Do I have the formula? I mean, you don't have to break. I'm just, I'm just yeah. trying to give an overview of like what what people yep. would look for, like a single treble hook, or do you go like that single hook? Yeah, it's a single treble hook with a teaser grub on it, um, with a bucktail, and and the the amount of the bucktail is proportional to the to the weight of it. There's a weight built into it when it's tied, um, and the 650 being the smaller one doesn't have as heavy weight in it. Um, it's got, it's basically got a worm weight that we tie onto. That's the, the weight that makes it cast and it, and it makes it run right. And then it's got the smaller blades. I don't have it memorized which size Colorado's going that. Um, but it's a, it's a twin bladed, um, spinner bait in line or not spinner bait, sorry, bucktail. <laughs> um, so that's the six. They're easy to mix up. Yeah. That word. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, uh, so, and those are available in like 42 colors or how, how does the that? Buck, uh, the bucktails we have, um, we have the, the spinnerbait colors are, are even numbers, you know, from two to, to 82 or 84. Um, but the bucktails are actually in letters and we're going to have on the website, you're going to be able to say you want black, white, you know, there's, there's a walleye, 
um, sucker. There's uh, different color combinations of the bucktail. And if you order a walleye, it usually comes with the brass blades. But you could you could tell us you want it differently if you want a custom. But right now, if you ordered a, a 650 and walleye, it would have brass blades. Um, it would have the walleye um, bucktail combination, which is three colors. Um, yeah, and that's... Okay, so what what are the moving parts on this? I, I I know I'm jumping out of the question that I asked. So let's just say I called you up. Would you take an order like this? I want a silver blade, one silver blade, one gold blade, three yep. brass beads, you know, one gold bead. I want four colors in this bucktail and this kind of a grub. There's been there, done that. Yes. <laughs> okay. That would be a custom one, and we would write it up and. You know, we've had guys say, you know, I want this, I want this. Um, I'm not sure, you know, what what color this I want. What do you think? And I'm, I'm like, well, my daughter will design it and build it, and she'll make the bucktail like you want, and then she'll come up with the best combination for the blades. You know, and, and we do that too. She's really good at, at building them and, and that kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, we've made them with, with two different color blades, um, some one a chartreuse and a, and a pearl pearl white blade on a on a bucktail so yeah so there is a so okay so a person could come up with you could come up to you and say i want these color blades and then you could say i want these color beads then i could want this color hair and this color grub so you have four moving parts is that correct um well starting at the very end is the hook then it goes with the, the split ring, which we use the, the heavy triple um, split rings on all our inline bucktails or all our bucktails. Um, and then you start with the beads, the weights, the bucktail gets tied on it, and then there's a series of beads. Now, right now, all our beads are nickel. Um, we don't have any brass. They're nickel with a red, our signature red. Um, and then the blades can be any of the 13 different colors of blades we have. Any you know, brass to to copper to nickel. And then we have green, white, chartreuse, black. You know. Yeah. So okay. So there's like three three options that people have with yeah. with picking their their color, you know, for their bait. And then there's a whole host of options there. So this 500 in some color, you know baits and colors and stuff like that could really be almost infinite if someone came up to you and just started picking and choosing and styles of blades yep. and okay oh yeah yep i've got one guy that calls me and orders spinner baits um and he wants and it's a spinner bait not a bucktail and he wants a pearl blade for the willow it's a, he buys the tandem which has a colorado in the front and a tandem in the, in the willow in the back that's our tandem, and he'll buy it. It has a chartreuse Colorado in the front, and it has a pearl white willow, and he swears by it in the lake that he fishes. So, yeah. So, yeah, I custom make them. I'm like, when he calls up, um, his name's Frank. Hey, what do you want? <laughs> hey, Frank, and you, you need more? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's just awesome. And, and we just had a guy this week. Um, moved from New Jersey down to, um, to Tennessee, right? Northern Tennessee. And he still fishes for muskie. He used to fish in, in New Jersey for him. And, you know, just, it's, it's really encouraging to, 
for guys to just say, man, I've, I've been fishing for muskies for 25 years, and the most productive lures I've ever had were the Grim Reapers that I used. And I'm, I'm like, that's awesome mm-hmm. to hear that. That's it's good to hear yeah, as a bait maker. As a bait maker, that's exactly it. It's great to hear. It's not so great, though, when people use them and then they're like, man, we use these things all the time. Like, great. Can we have a picture? And they're like, no. It's yeah, a secret. I know. <laughs> I know. They, won't, they won't share. And, and I say, you know, hey, when we sell the baits, it's like, great. Send us some pictures. All right. And if you can, put, this, put the lure in the picture. Nobody wants to do that. <laughs> and they're like, hey, I want to be on pro staff. Yeah. like people i think people get that like word mixed up pro staff is short for promotional staff <laughs> so you're supposed to promote the stuff yeah. so like if you want to be on somebody's pro staff you have to say hey i caught this on a grim reaper right. hey i caught this on a raptor or a swimmer right you know that's that's how that works <laughs> you mean promotional. it's not but but i'm a, i'm a professional can't you <laughs> No. Uh, it's uh, not uh, it doesn't mean you're a pro it means you're on the pro staff the pro right emotional staff why you see like uh, like you know beautiful women in like beer commercials and like you know they're pro staffed they're pro, pro staff or Bud- budweiser <laughs> and like you know people in like huntresses in real tree and stuff like that that's their their eye catchers it's promotional you know I yeah. thought they were really good. Yeah. <laughs> me, me too. Me too. Okay, so let, let's get back to the one that I, I, I kind of jumped the question on. So your one of your most pop, popular is the 650. And then what... The 850 is actually more popular. That's the, that's the big brother to the 650. Okay. And that one we sell a boatload of. The 850, it's got... Bigger Colorados, it's got a heavier weight in it, a bigger, everything's, everything's upsized. The treble hook, the yacht size, you know, everything. The bucktail hair is bigger, longer, and it's just like a big, big brother to the 650 is the 850. Big seller. Great okay. lure. All right, so are those the only two of your inlines that, that you feel are, you know, are, are like the really popular ones if someone came up to you and said what one would you grab for me i'm a musky fisherman with no other details w- would those be um, the two you grab or is there more on those inlines uh well that's hard to do it depends if the guy only has bass rods and 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 is only set up for bass probably um i'm not going to try to sell him the, our 1800 bluegrass beast which is the double tens you know two trebles just a monster bait because um, he he doesn't have the rod for it. Um, I'd probably that would probably be my first question is what are you going to be using to throw these things and and you know if he wants a bucktail I would probably point him in the direction of either the you know the uh, what's Raleigh and Helen seller the eight fifty is the big seller I think there's eleven hundred or eleven or a thousand is another one that's got a large willow blade not too many companies will do that on an inline bucktail and it's just a big big heavy willow blade we do a lot of that um we're also doing now a mag 10 or um what do they call it greg calls it a turtle blade a turtle blade yeah you know what it yeah 
So we're actually doing that, and I, I sent some prototypes out um, with it double-bladed. Mm-hmm. Now, that's all our, all our turtle blades are the uh, 046, so I'm wanna, I want to test them before we really hit the market with them. But they, I know they work well single-bladed, but I want to try to double-blade them. There was a note that Doug had, you know, he and I talked, and he said that blade probably would really work well double-bladed. And he never tried it, so I'm gonna try it. So, well, it's yours to try. Yep. As far as our 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 trolling one, you know, the 950 is great for trolling. We're working on a couple of different ones. We have some great ideas on that. We do have a two odd or a two ounce spinner bait that guys are using for trolling. It's triple bladed, so it it's a monster. It's if you if you throw that, you you you're you're a man. <laughs> That thing's heavy. <laughs> and and you got to remember with our spinner baits, when I say half ounce, one ounce, one and a half, and two ounce, that's the weight of the lead head on the bait. That's it. Mm-hmm. Just two ounce on the head alone. So the overall bait is four and a half, something like that. Okay. By the time, by the time you get the wire, the, the hooks, and everything. So, yeah, all our, all our spinner baits are by the weight of the head itself. And that's historically the way they originally started. Now you go into these stores and they're they're saying it's a, a one ounce spinner bait and you're like that thing's a minute little thing. Well, they're weighing the whole lure, and that's why they're saying it's one ounce. That's the total weight of it. Okay. So. Okay, so then, um, in your spinner baits, mm-hmm. are, is there like a you know a popular model that if someone you know because you can be overwhelmed. I mean, I I trying to paint that picture of like the color combinations. And and the sizes and all this stuff. If if regular guy comes in, what what are a couple of the more popular safety pin style spinner baits you have? What models? Um, the most common is our one ounce, and I would say in the one ounce guys, some guys like the double willow. I personally throw the the tandem. It's got the it's got the Colorado in the front for the thump. And it's got the big willow at the end for a larger, you know, it's got a larger circle or circumference of spin and a lot more flash. Now, there's a double Colorado called a slow roll um, also, and then we have a triple. But if you're going to say, I, I just want to try a spinnerbait, I would say I point you kind of in the direction of the tandem. Um, and then usually when I talk to guys and they're like, what color? I said, well, I put our spinner baits into three co- three categories. We got our traditionals, which are a white and a black, you know, with, with nickel blades or, you know, just a white grub with a white skirt. So there's a traditional white and the blacks and maybe a chartreuse if you want to throw that in there. Then what I call then I call the naturals. We've got a, a red horse sucker color one. We have a silver sucker one. We have a shad. We have perch. We have walleye. We have a bluegill. We have a sunfish. You know, that, that blade combination with certain grub and tail and the head combination is to mimic those colors. So those are our standard, you know, um, what do I call it? Our, your naturals? The natural, that's the word I was looking for. Um, the naturals. And then I have what I call the obnoxious. <laughs> so you, you've got your standard black and white. So you got your naturals, and then you have your obnoxious. Now, if you ever seen a fire tiger, um, that's an obnoxious, you know. Mm-hmm. Not a I, natural I no, pattern. There's no natural about it. 
Um, you know, it's it's bright, it's obnoxious, and it works really well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one of my favorite combinations. Um, but we have a few that I would ca- classify that. And, and typically what has happened to us in my life is we'll be up there on the St. Lawrence River, and we got four people, maybe five people. I got a big pontoon boat, and we're casting – you know, we got five or six people casting, and it's a big enough boat where you're not going to snag somebody, so it's pretty safe. So we're all casting. Well, one guy is catching fish. Now, this had happened about five times, and it was um, when when my parents – well, my dad's still alive, but my mom was there because she, she was a bigger fisherman than my dad is, and my, my best friend and myself, and we're fishing, and I started catching them. And I caught three, and nobody caught anything. And we're all throwing spinnerbaits. And I'm catch- I caught three, and I had a particular color, and I'm like, all right, let's try this. I took it off, and I handed it to my best friend. I said, you throw it. He put it on, and I took his, and I started throwing his because I wanted to know, was it color or was it my technique? Was I, was I pausing it? Was I ripping it faster? What was I doing differently? I didn't tell him to change his technique. I just wanted to give him the color. So I gave him my color lure. Mm-hmm. He started throwing it. I started throwing his lure. Guess what? Tell me. He he started catching. <laughs> he he caught three. I caught nothing. So what does that tell you? Is it technique? No, it wasn't technique because I didn't tell him how I was throwing it. Um, it was all about the color. That has happened probably what I say about five times yep. where we've been we've been throwing lures. And two years ago it happened. We were my my, my same buddy his his son big fisherman um, was throwing our shad. And, man, he was killing them. And we're all just, like, looking at him like, all right, I ain't getting nothing. Why is this kid catching them? And sure enough, he had a shad one. And I went and dug through mine and found a shad color, put it on, and I started catching them. So color sometimes can can trigger. Um, so what we've done is if, if we're throwing something, if we're all throwing a natural, one of us is going to start throwing one of the obnoxious or one of the standard blacks and whites and, you know, we're going to start throwing, we're going to mix it up. We're going to try it and we're going to find what color triggers them. And, and it's, sometimes it's a natural. Um, last year it was a, a black and chartreuse that was out fishing everybody on the boat. And, you know, so. Moral of the story is buy one of every color. Well, at least buy an obnoxious, <laughs> a natural, and one of the standards. Well, probably, probably more of the standards, the whites, the blacks, but you got you got to have an obnoxious and you got to have a natural. I mean, you, what are the bait fish? What's the primary bait fish in the in the body of water you're fishing? Up on the St. Lawrence River, it's it's rock bass, it's perch, and it's shad. You know, and those those are the three. Uh, most of the time, first thing I'm going to throw is a perch color, and and that's that was the first one that I ever tried. That when I handed it to my buddy and said, "You throw it." It was a perch color. Mm-hmm. And it was killing them. And, 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 you know, my dad and my mom, they were throwing black or white, normal colors that work every day of the week, but that perch was working that day. Hmm. Yeah. So, you know, when guys say, I want one color spinner bait and I want one model, I'm like, ooh, well. <laughs> throw a <laughs> dark. Yeah, throw a dark, throw, throw a black, um, or throw a white. But, you know, my general advice is to have – you know, at least two in each of those three categories of our lures, so you so you can switch it up. 
Because if we're not catching anything in 45 minutes, um, and we're trying different techniques, we're trying you know different speeds. We're we're three three quick cranks and let it drop a foot, and then three quick cranks. You know we try we mix it up. 45 minutes we ain't catching something. We're switching colors, and we we can usually find out what they're hitting by just switching colors. But you know I have that's why I had before I bought the company, you know, a boatload of his lures because I had so many of his colors. Mm-hmm. So. Very nice. Vance, you have any questions before we wrap this up? Uh, no. No. I'm good. Uh, biggest muskie? Yeah. My, my biggest muskie? Yes. Ooh, probably. Eh, I didn't really haven't have a monster. Um, I think the last one Probably in the, uh, I think it was a, almost 40. There you go. It wasn't a killer. I mean, it wasn't a big one. Hey, as um, long as, it's that's fine. But yeah. people are sending you pictures of big ones. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, lots of them. I mean, you know, Tony Grant had the, the Kentucky State record in 2000. I should have it memorized. 2006, was it? Yeah, I, I have it in one of our one of the catalogs from Grim Reaper from back then. Tony Grant had the had the Kentucky State um, record muskie on Cave Run Lake on one Grim Reaper spinnerbait, one ounce. Hmm. So awesome, awesome, yeah. awesome. Yep, I like it. But, so, yeah. Kevin, do you want to you want to hit up hit up your website real quick? We're going to wrap this one up and let you go to bed. All right, great. It's uh, Grim Reaper Lures dot com um that's our website it will keep your you know keep your eyes open we got a new e-commerce website coming out in the next couple weeks you'll have a cart you can put in there you'll be able to um instead of a list of colors and you got to read it and figure out what it means it's you're going to be able to pick it and look at it and go yeah that's the one i want add to cart so you know that that's going to really help everybody you know as as they're looking through it um so yeah groomreaperlures.com Perfect, and be on the lookout here in the coming month to get the updated store. All right, with that, I am going to wrap up with our plugs. Uh, big shout-out to Baker Bates. Check them out. I mean, Vance and Todd, they talk about them a lot. They catch a lot of fish, especially those Goldies um, up on Chautauqua. I know they are kind of hard to get, but keep your eyes open. Uh, snag them up if you can. Support the sponsors. Then uh, Fatty Z Muskie Products, fattyzmuskie.com. Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishingguides.com, fishing with an N, not an I-N-G. Uh, that's Vance and Todd. They're up on Chautauqua Lake. Uh, right now, I'd say your best bet is to look for cancellation dates. Vance mentioned August 2nd. Is that correct? Yep. Okay. That is. August 2nd, St. Croix Rods, best rods on earth, Ranger Boats, um, Vicks Marine Sports Center, and Muskies Inc. We can't talk about it enough. Join your local chapter and be part of the greater voice in muskie fishing. And with that, Kevin, we thank you a ton for joining us tonight. I hope that we uh, can shed some light on Grim Reaper lures. Hey, you didn't get to hear my great stories, though. I got, I got, a, I got a few minutes. Let's tell them. Come on. Well, you, you said one of the interesting thing was I have caught two fish two keeper fish at one time on the same lure three times in my life. Okay. Were they treble hooks or this a single hook? Um, 
one was a tr- uh, the one was on a spinner bait. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually caught a red eye or you know rock bass on the trailer hook, and I caught a twenty three inch largemouth. He inhaled the the rock bass and got hooked on the front hook. So it was like the classic cartoon where the little fish was getting eaten, was eating your bait, then the bigger fish was eating the fish on your bait. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I thought I had snagged some weeds, and that was the rock bass. And I'm just like, oh. So I start dragging it in, and then all of a sudden I thought I got a log because <laughs> the, the bass just inhaled that. And when I took the bass out, I'm like, I thought I was going to pull weeds out. And here I unhook the bass, and I pull a... I pull a rock bass out of its mouth, and it's on the trailer hook. Yeah, that, I mean that was one of the times you, you thought you had a five pound largemouth, but it was really a four pound with a one pound rock bass. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, and then um, I caught uh, two about sixteen inch largemouth slammed a, a surface zero spook walking the dog came flying out. You know, they both hit it at the same time, massive splash, and I'm like, what was that? Set the hook. And then because they were up against each other, they couldn't fight. And I just drug them in like a dead log. I'm like, what's this? <laughs> <laughs> I reel it in. I'm like, there's two bass on this. They're a spook. And they were both keepers. They, like, they were probably related. They were brothers. And they just had yeah. to outdo each other. Yeah, exactly. They were very competitive. <laughs> it was led to their downfall. So, But anyway, yeah. that's And it happened a third time. I'm trying to remember the third time. But yeah, it's... It, it, I've never done that. I mean, I've snagged by accident two fish at once. Uh, like it was just ripping, ripping a raptor through a bunch of bait fish, and I come yeah. back with two fish, you know, two like shad hooked in the back. But no, they weren't trying to eat it. They were probably trying to get away from it. Right. So yeah. that's very cool. Vance, you ever had that happen? I've caught two bass on the same lure. Huh. Yeah, I guess yeah, on a. It happens. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, I'm the I'm the loser here. I haven't had that happen. So, <laughs> all right. The, one, uh, the third one was I caught a I, I caught a rock bass and a northern pike on the same floor. Yeah, and there's like a the underlying theme of rock bass. <laughs> I had a double header today, about a sixty pound weed patch and a forty inch muskie. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Uh, that's uh. That's quite the combination, Vance. It is. Tell me, tell me, you took a picture on the bump board with that weed patch. No. <laughs> I took a picture of it on my motor, though. That's where it ended up. Letting it Sent dry it to out. Todd. I was like, this is a fun day. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. All so, right. Well, I thanks, love it. Thanks for calling. Oh, yeah. Thanks for, thanks for uh, joining us. And, uh, Everyone out there listening, thanks for listening, and good luck fishing.